Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. and welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Alyssa Trahan, and that was her single, My Favorite Song. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Hello, Carl and Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Nicole and Greg. Uh, Well, that was Alyssa's, not her latest single, but one of her singles, My Favorite Song. Um, And she, I don't know, she's just a really well-produced artist. I really like the sound that she's got going on when she submitted her music through that Facebook group that we're kind of involved in right now that's kind of taken off a little bit, which is pretty interesting. She has a cool look, too. She has a very cool, like... uh, I I like a few pictures I've seen of her. There's a very cool vibe about her. I think she's from East Rochester, which is because I know that. I I went to school up there. Went to school up in Rochester. 
I think back in the thirties. Uh, back in the day. But back, no, but, well, I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't go back in the back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, so, and then she moved down to to Nashville. So what's it? What's it, it like there? What's it like in East in Rochester? Rochester? I'll tell you a funny, stupid story about Rochester, though. I, I just because I grew I grew up in Long Island. I think I might have told something similar to this already. But I grew up in Long Island, and I used to, um, you know, so when I was like thirteen, we take the train into the city, right? And it was Manhattan is the city. So we'd go to like to the car show or to, you know, to whatever, you know, you know, so that was Manhattan, Times Square. We used to go. And anyway, so when I go to college in my first semester, really going anywhere, you know, I'm like just out of, just out of high school, my first freshman year up in Rochester. So I'm there about a week and this one guy in the dorm had a car. And, and, and basically, even though I was in Rochester, the college is outside of Rochester, this town called Pittsford. You know, and uh, so anyway, this guy—I forget his name—he goes, "Hey, we're all going into the, we're all going into the city tonight. You want to come?" Like the first weekend up, I go, "Sure, I get in the car." So I get in the car, and it was snowing, you know, because like it snows there from like <laughs> August to like March. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, was, it was anyway. So we get in the car, and we're driving there, and all of a sudden we 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 pull into this like I feel like I'm taxi, in like taxi driver. No, I, I'm just I'm just <laughs> we pull up. I go. I go, we're here. I go, what do you mean we're here? Where's the city? He goes, this is it. I go, and there's like one building at maybe, that's maybe like six stories tall. And then there's a couple of delis and that's it. I go, this ain't a city. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> so at that point I realized, but just by living pr- my proximity to Manhattan, I just, and it was an inherent hipper than people up in Rochester, you know? So, and like, you know, cause I, I was, you know, everyone called me like New York. Hey, New Yorker, you know, I like, hey, New York. City boy, you know, and I grew up on Long Island. I wasn't, but I was Rochester. It's like you know. So it's like it's like a lot of upstate towns. Oh, and, it, it's yeah. it's way basically. Yeah, you, you get to Rochester, you go up to Albany, and you make a left. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And uh, and the thing is, and then there's but there's one even worse than than I don't know how much I'm going to cut this out, but worse than Rochester. You go further out, you're almost in Ohio or whatever whatever state's next to it. Is Fredonia? Oh gosh, Fredonia. <laughs> you know Fredonia? I do. So and basically, right? Yeah. So it's like Fredonia is like the end of the world because I mean I used to have a girlfriend who lived in who went to college in Fredonia, so I used to hitch from Rochester past Buffalo. To Fredonia, <laughs> I'm going. You know, Fredonia's like three or four hours farther than Rochester, too. Right. Like it's not close. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's it's like well, you know, like you know, the, the, with New York, so you go up halfway in the middle of New York, then you just make that left mm-hmm. west, and you know, maybe like in about three hours in is Rochester, then a couple more hours is Buffalo, and then you keep going, and then you're and almost there's in Fredonia. Like, yeah, and you're almost in like you know Russia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I know Fredonia. I went to school in Oneonta, so uh, yeah. So you know up there, sure. Uh, yep, yep. SUNY, SUNY, SUNY Oneonta, SUNY Oneonta. I have really fond memories of my time in upstate New York. I, I've I've been to Where? I've been to Manhattan. So um, I took a job. I set up a publishing company for a guy that lived in a little place called Argyle which is like really super rural. I mean, it's basically, it was a recording studio and a, a record label and, 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 a, and a publishing company. And we housed everything in this old church that he purchased. And um, yeah, it's, it's in the middle of a cornfield. 
but I, I had wonderful memories. I, I would I would fly into New York and then I would take the train from Grand, Pen, Central. Pen, Grand Central to Rhinebeck. Yeah, oh, okay. And, and Rhinebeck was isn't fan, that in Germany? Fantastic. That was wonderful. And then we and then we it'd be a short drive from Rhinebeck to Argyle. Argyle. Is that where they make the socks? What we uh, we have a saying down south here. It's it's out where the owls screw the chickens. I have never heard that saying before. He just made that up. Uh, Granted, I've only been down here for eight years now, so maybe, maybe I'll hear it more often now. I forget. It's funny, you know. You're you're not hanging around with enough old hillbillies. I I forgot that you're you're basically almost very similar to me. You're a Long Island New Yorker, Mm -hmm. you know, who like you know and went went, you know yeah because basically when you're in Long Island, everybody went to college upstate New York, basically SUNY State University of New York. Either they wanted to go to state um, to school up in New York State just to get away, or they wanted to stay on Long Island because they wanted nothing to do with upstate. You had two different sets of people. Hmm. No, I love that. I went there, and then, then I went to New Paul's. Oh, okay. Um, SUNY New Paul's, which is right near Pine Bush and Woodstock. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I waste a lot of time up there. I almost went to Marist College, the one by Poughkeepsie. Oh, the hangovers are the worst up there. <laughs> Jungle juice. Ugh. Brings back fond memories, but also bad ones. There, there's an old adage that is so true. I think it's George Bernard Shaw, right? Youth is wasted on the young. But but back then I just what a waste I just wasted time and it's as if it was endless and unlimited you know like it's like the minutes you know I, I had the unlimited plan you know it's kind of weird too today about today though I mean I was talking to Greg today we're recording this on November twenty second today is the anniversary of the JFK assassination mm-hmm. fifty seven years ago today so um fifty seven years to me that particular event, all the disillusionments started to set in. I think that people kind of had an intuition that it's like, you know, things may not be as they appear, right? Um, and, you know, it's it, in, there are so many parallels with what's going on today. The idea that, you know, you had somebody that was, by all accounts, much more, um, I don't know what a great Entitled. term for it. Well, absolutely. I mean, all the things that people will claim are wrong with uh, politicians today or with the president or, uh, you know, with people inside the beltway. Uh, Kennedy had all those attributes as well. I mean, he's he didn't have the moral high ground, but yeah. Well, but you, but you, well, you know what? I, I don't agree. You know, I, I think I think. Granted, I think he's very much very similar to a Trump kind of character, and the fact that he was this entitled rich kid whose father groomed him to be to be great, and he wanted to be president, and they made him president, and then he got the job, you know. Because, but then what he did differently than Trump is that when he got there, I think he found a conscience, and I think he, he I think he grew into the job. I think he understood that holy, I can do something here. I well, think he's like, uh, he's yeah, I think master, he's like Dorothy. He's he, Dorothy. He was ma- a master communicator. There's no question about that. But he was Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. He went to Oz and then, holy cow. What I liked about Kennedy, you know, from my readings, and, I, and I've read a lot about him, is that he had the um, ego to be president and then the audacity to be idealistic and think he can do what he wants and change things. He didn't care about the powers that be. You know, he had that kind of entitled audacity that – 
idealist need to, to, to you know, and and I think that's what got him killed because he tried to rock the boat too much and say, "Hey, baby, babe, we'll just take you out." You know. Yeah, I think I, I think I've I've read a bunch of things. I mean, I, I far be it from me to like ever buy into a conspiracy conspiracy theory. You know, or any of this, uh, any of the stuff that's out there currently. It wasn't the Harvey Oswald. I'm, come on, that that one's true. Well, I, you know, it's interesting uh, when you mentioned it to me that it was the anniversary. My first, and th- this is true for me. My first vivid memory is I was actually watching television in the front room, little black and white blurry television set in the front room of my first family home. And I remember like it was yesterday, Jack Ruby coming in to the, uh, what was yeah, it? Yeah, I saw uh, that too garage. with my father. I, I was with my father as well. That's my first vivid memory. I can remember. And and I was three years old. You have to and, remember. Well, I, was little, I was a little older yeah. than you. So, yeah. so I remember, and I'm sitting there because the one thing I remember, I was living in Queens. I was at my grandma's house. And one thing I know is back then, that was before cable, we had like two four, five, seven, yeah. nine, and 11. That was it. Three channels. So yeah. all the channels had, the, you know, the, the, the assassination. There was no TV all weekend. I'm going, this this stinks. Right. I got to watch this nonsense all day. So I remember sitting there and then, you know, the first day, you know, all the stuff and they, they're, they're, you know, the Dilly Plaza. But then on Sunday, they see them walking Oswald out of the police station. And my father, yeah, I remember one of the distinctly going, He's got a gun. He's got a gun. Oh, and then you no. see this guy it's come crazy. out, Jack Ruby, and then um, shoot him. And then, like, back in the day, uh-oh, back in the day. <laughs> back in back in those days, they didn't have instant replay. It took, like, 20 minutes to get the instant replay going, remember? Like, right. Let's watch that again. We're getting yep. ready for the – so anyway, but then he'd show it again in slow motion, and you'd see this guy come out, and it, it, it was a bizarre weekend. I remember that. I think you know, John I- John – I think that I think the reason that it it might represent this kind of loss of innocence is the idea that you know prior to that we would have all considered as Americans we would have considered the CIA to be you know irreproachable right but yet I mean everything that you've that we we've learned since is the idea that the CIA was in some way complicit with all these acts and it's um i was reading that um organized crime stood so much to lose with the debacle uh, uh in cuba that uh that's essentially the reason that um well basically because I, I when i was up in college it's funny i get back to rochester I, I used to work for the communications department so i used to work the projectors and stuff so we had mark lane he was he was a lawyer for the warren commission and everyone's listening goes is this a history lesson now about the kennedy assassination <laughs> <laughs> anyway but anyway to make it real quick so i was with him and mark lane what his claim to fame is he was the guy who who sneaked the zapruder film out of the time live vaults because basically Zapruda was this guy who took this film, you know, and basically what the Zapruda film establishes is is, is the six second bullet theory because right. that that gave us the timeline. So what happened as soon as that happened, time took the film off that guy, this, this unknowing schmuck with his home movie camera, and and paid him like fifty thousand dollars to give me that, and they put it in the vault, and they no one could see it. 
So the reason what happened was, and he told me this, and it's true, is that Joe Kennedy, you know, Kennedy's father, you know, you know, promised and paid off, you know, the, you know, the, the, the all the unions and, and Sam Giancamo, I think his name was, and the mafia, yep. you know, to help them get get the teamsters behind his son, and because it wasn't a close, it was a close election. Nixon didn't lose by a lot. It was pretty close, you know. It was the first TV election as well. It was the first time, you know, TV debates were used. So what happens? As soon as he gets in, he appoints his, his, his brother to the attorney general. And what does Bobby Kennedy do? He goes after the mafia right off the bat. That's absolutely the way I see it and the way I've read about it. We is get the- this guy elected and he sticks his brother on us. Are you kidding me? So Bobby's, yeah. ass- Bobby's, ass- Bobby's assassination is the smoking gun for the conspiracy of the Kennedy assassination. Oh, I you agree, because they even said yeah. to him I, that he was told, listen, Bobby, just so you know, because he was going to get to the bottom of it. You know, when he got, and he goes, he said, he was told, Bobby, there's no sanctuary in the White House. You know, so anyway, that's, the, that. you know, we can go on and on about this. And they go, people are going, what are these guys talking about? Yeah, well, I think, I, I think that uh, if you didn't grow up in that time, I think that you have, you probably don't have a concept of how mythic this, this has been. Uh, and I think you were mentioning earlier that, you know, the timeline of the Kennedy assassination versus all the cultural things that happened after. I think if Kennedy wasn't assassinated, and I've read this, it's not just my opinion, but I'm just, you know, relaying it that if, because of the, the country was in such a depression, you know, that was November 63, December, Christmas was horrible. A month later, you know, in Feb- beginning of February, these Marx Brother guys from the England with their mop tops are singing, woo, and, and it was just the version America needed, right. you know, and they just, they just, they just flocked to it. You know, we were just, you know, and I think if Kennedy wasn't killed, I don't think the Beatlemania would have been as big a deal the way it was. I think things would be different. So I think they, they're connected. Anyway, you want to play another song before you, and then you talk about something else? <laughs> sure. Why don't we- now we'll talk about Martin Luther King and why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't we play Alyssa's um, song, Psychology? This is her latest single that she has out right now. There you go. And it's about, you know, like the psychology of why these guys you know, who know nothing about the Kennedy assassination are telling us the conspiracy theories that may be happening. <laughs> and I think there was a guy, he was in a tree and he had a slingshot, but, but it was, a, <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Alyssa's song, Psychology. Turn away. I try to go when you beg me to stay And when I say we're through Then you claim I'm something you can lose And it took a little while for me to see But I see now. Why you leave and bring me back around, around You don't want me To have something you can't have it You don't need me So you're trying to get me back Greener grass on the other side Side of me out with some other man, but when I'm yours, you're so shady, never could understand. You don't know what you got until I'm gone, and I'm gone. 
She has a syncopated way of singing, which I think is kind of cool. But I always, I always loved one word title songs. You know, um, I don't know why, but I think they're cool. Uh, so, what else do you guys want to talk about tonight? It is the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's gonna be Thanksgiving. Any you guys doing stuff or? Yeah, we are going up to our friends in Clarksville. They're kind of part of our little bubble clique of people. Are you taking the last train? <laughs> we are taking the last train to Clarksville. <laughs> You and a couple of those monkeys? Uh, believe it or not, before we moved to Clarksville, I had no idea that like there was a whole song, la- like Last Train to Clarksville or whatnot. Was it that? I don't know. Was it that Clarksville? Maybe. I think so. We'll, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the bottom of this, but we're going up to our friends in Clarksville. So it'll be fun. It's, it's kind of the same tradition we've been doing for the last five or six years. So like not truly breaking anything, but there's only going to be like seven of us there. So Greg, you going to your basement in Indiana? No, I, I do. I, I may make <laughs> it there um, at Christmas, but uh, we typically do Thanksgiving very, very small. And um, you got to stay in the Ponderosa. <laughs> uh, right. At the, uh, yeah, the world headquarters here. No, Boyce um, and Hart, I think wrote last train to Clarksville. And I recall that, they might have been quoted as saying that the reason they chose Clarksville was because there there are hundreds of Clarksvilles across the country. Uh, so a I, lot of people I, relate I, to my, it. My basement is Clarksville, Indiana, right? And you guys are headed to Clarksville. What is it? Clarksville, New York? No, Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So maybe that. I'll tell you if you think about it. Think of their what a weird first song. That was the break single for the monkeys, mm. Last Train to Clarksville. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's the one they first released before Here We Come, even that you know. I would Bam. assume I would assume that at least around here that all these Clarksvilles 
are uh, Rogers and Clark. Um, you know, uh, expedition went all throughout this area. So anyway, so what are you doing for what are you doing for Thanksgiving, Greg? We're gonna uh, put a <laughs> no, turkey in the oven. I think it's Clark's bar. <laughs> yeah, right. Dave Clark's bar. Dave five. Clark five. Um, we're gonna uh, put a turkey in the oven. Uh, we have this. We have this thing that's always a, a big source of consternation. Um, there is this ridiculous big word uh, for the day. I know. Consternation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's this ridiculous um, dish that made its way into our holiday celebrations um, through the years, and it's it's called it, it, it's hideous. It's called pretzel salad, and it's basically. Let me see if I can. It's frozen strawberries and uh, sweetened cream cheese, butter, crushed up pretzels. This amalgamation of um, another jello, jello, and so, so what is this, as for like for like constipation or something. Here's the thing. So there are certain family members that you know it. They, they refuse. They refuse. They refuse to come to the, the celebrations unless. The uh, pretzel salad is presented, and so the fact of the matter is that this stuff is not easy to, to make. Potato chip pie. It's hard to make, right? So, and if and you can spend an hour making it, and then it, if the Jello doesn't set up, then it just come on. This sounds vile. It is pretzels and Jello. It's a gelatinous mess. Here, <laughs> let me let me let me say this: that uh, I um, because I know how difficult it is to make. I appreciate Who makes it. Maud makes it. Yeah, Maud's been making it, and I appreciate and she it. it. Down to uh, to Kate. Is Kate gonna learn a recipe and keep it no, the I don't, I don't know. Kate may be one of the people that uh, is saying Maud, I'm not coming. <laughs> Kate, Kate may be one of the people saying I'm not coming unless the pretzel salad is uh, on the menu. Uh, no, the fact of the matter is that it's just it creates so much hassle and stress because. You don't know whether or not the damn pretzel salad is going to set up appropriately. So, uh, you know, our our dining experience on the holidays is this uh, what is this like an appetizer in the or a dessert or what is it? This is um, it's kind of interesting. Dish? It's kind of a side dish. It's a salad, Jello salad. It's kind of aka or a la you know nineteen fifties uh, Middle America kind of thing. I think the I, I think the the recipe actually came out of uh, a Southern Living magazine. First time I went to, to Nashville back in the late 80s, I went to Cooker's with Scott Baggett. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I remember sitting down. I think you might have been there, Greg. And I remember looking at the menu and it had like the main things like burger, you know, whatever. Then it, it said, then it said vegetables. It was the heading vegetables. And it said corn, spinach. Then it had... French fries, macaroni and cheese. How <laughs> is macaroni and cheese a vegetable? <laughs> oh, I remember, we could. I remember, and I remember, like we sat down. I don't know. I'm jumping the gun here, but they had this. Um, <laughs> these. I, I never saw glasses as big as the ones they gave in Nashville. It's like 18 ounce glasses, uh. vats of. of and that's why I was drinking soda, and they poured this vat of Diet Coke, and I noticed that took two sips. And they filled it up. It was like this endless soda. Yeah. It's like I couldn't even. I said, "Stop filling it up. Let it get at least yeah. halfway down." They kept filling it up every sip. This 
And then the whole and the, and the sweet tea thing, yeah, that experience. Oh, sweet tea, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's like it, it's a wonder we don't all, we're not all like you know crawling on the ground from um, diabetes. Well, we are. That's why. That's why you know lifespan of this country is going down. Yeah. Anyway, so what are you doing? So you, so you, are you going to make the pretzel salad or what? I, I guess. I mean, we're still in negotiation on it. And um, I, I assume it'll be made. And I just hope, I hope to hell it sets up, man. I hope it sets up. Because if it doesn't set up, you know, the holiday Thanksgiving's is ruined. Thanksgiving's ruined. Yeah. You know, I've never had, my girlfriend keeps telling me about that she, she, she loves, and I've never had it. And it sounds horrible. Like, one thing I hate, I hate key lime. Anything key lime, ugh, oh, no, it makes see, me want to like, gag. I like ugh, key lime. Stop. And then she says about rhubarb pie. Ooh, no. Mm-mm. I go, to me, that sounds like, isn't rhubarb like a root? Like, you know, what kind of- Yeah, it is. So- they normally they normally pair it with strawberry, so it's like a strawberry rhubarb pie. Well, rhubarb is a, rhubarb is the kind of thing, it's, it's in that family of dishes where they're basically inedible. The only way you can eat them is to put three or four cups of sugar in any recipe associated with rhubarb, cranberries. Did you ever eat a cranberry out of the bag? Oh, yeah, they're super tart. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I, you know, I could go to my sister's, but you know, I'm not going to risk it. You know, I'm not. Well, get on an airplane and come to my house. I welcome you. On, yeah. And you can I, try you the, can pretzel have the pretzel salad. salad. That's right. I, I haven't been down in uh, Murphy. I haven't been down in t- since, since before this happened. March. Was, yep. Remember that was yep. we went to that party, Nicole. That 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 last yeah, year, that, that superheroes party. Yeah. So that was the last time I was in Nashville. Well, and then you guys met at Bongo Java, and that's how this whole thing began. Yeah. Was it that trip? Yeah. I think that's probably that trip, yeah. You did a lot that trip. I am. So I'm very – we were going to talk about what we're thankful for because it's Thanksgiving week. Um, I am am thankful for everybody's perseverance on this thing. I think this is – this has been a really great experience. You you and Nicole. The 9420 podcast. I, I, I'm thankful for that um, because I didn't know if, you know, I, I thought, oh, I, I'll never be able to do that. Um, and I think we're, I think we're holding our own, right? Oh, yeah. yeah we're, well, we're just doing it, you know, like yep. you were talking. But we're yep. getting some traction, so that's something I, to be thankful I, for. And I also talk to people all the time by virtue of, uh, you know, speaking with podcasters about uh, licensing their music. I talk to people all the time that, you know, they make it six or eight, 10, 15 episodes, and they're like, you know what? I'm hanging that up. That's too much work. And I uh, talk to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> that's why we get you on Sunday nights yeah, that's when, what, when the rant comes out, because it's the first yeah. time all you know, week. People don't understand that, you know, I, I think I've said it once before, you know, this thing is about like, they're normally around 35 to 45 minutes. But I usually talk for like six hours every week, <laughs> and we cut out. The we have first to cut out so, so much because I just the, ramble on. I'm like the, just rantings of a mad lunatic, incoherent. Well, uh, you're a really fine editor. I know. Uh, I, that's why it takes me. You know, I punish myself because the more because I edit it, so it takes yep. me the whole day to edit this nonsense. I don't know. So, anything else this week? I mean, I think people are just gearing up for the holiday this week. A lot of chatter has kind of been around 
not just people like actually like doing things or figuring out what their plans are, but just being thankful that like we've made it through ha- through this year you know, to Thanksgiving. But again, I, you know, I, 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 I look through I haven't really gone out much that I haven't been down in Nashville in a while, but I'm looking at Instagram and I'm seeing a lot of these clubs and they're taking pictures and they're in all these things. And I'm sorry, they don't seem to be like, really taking this serious. They're, they're still packing the clubs. They're not social distancing. I see no masks. I think it just amazes me that people are just so selfish. Oblivious. No, they're just selfish or they, they have that, like, or it could happen to me. There's this one thing I saw that, you know, not, not to sound like a whatever, but I saw this woman on TV the other day, this, this, this um, nurse. And she was saying, I wish these people would just spend one day with me. And walk them around and let them see what I'm going through here and see the people coming in and how the beds are filling up and what it's like to have this disease and how it's really affecting people and what it's like to hold someone's hand who's dying, who can't see their family because of the, you know, the quarantine. And it's, it's, it's horrible. And once they realize this is real, maybe they would just, you know, I really believe that if we had some, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get political, but some leadership that said, listen, everybody, for the next three months, we all have to wear masks and make it mandated, and not because I, I, I'm, we're infringing on your rights, but because we just want to get this done. So if we all pull together for a little while, I think it would have been done already. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I just I just find these. It just it really upsets me. I just think I, I think it's 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 not easily fixed, and it's going to be a difficult time. And the, one of the reasons is that I think that. The more stress you put into a situation, people's cognitive biases come out, right? So I I do a little bit of armchair research and study on these things called cognitive biases, and there that's a good name for a band. In in, in psychology, there are tonight over, cognitive bias. There 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 are over a hundred and eighty of these biases that people hold. And, you know, the idea that people are so delusional about this epidemic or pandemic or whatever it's described as, it's just a bias. It's a confirmational bias where uh, if I hear anything, if I hear that nurse say to me, just come follow me for a day and you'll think differently about this. They just ignore it because it doesn't support the narrative they want to believe. And, you know, people are just people are absolutely crazed with their inability to recognize these biases. Everybody needs to take a deep breath. I don't think it's a bias. It is. I I think it is a bias. Google Google cognitive bias and you'll find that uh, we have basically one hundred and eighty different ways in which to think incorrectly about something. It gets me going a little bit because the fact of the matter is it's very. A cognitive bias is a systematic error in thinking that occurs when people are processing and interpreting information in the world around them and affects the decisions and judgments. Thank that they you. Make. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so, so, so do you think people are truly believing this stuff? I think people believe that, you know, they, if I get it, I'll have the, the sniffles. 
That's what people believe. If I get well, it, I'll and, have the and, sniffle. And, and, a good and a good portion of those people will. But that's not the point. The point what they need to know is that that, that 32-year-old kid or 26-year-old kid probably won't get the disease or won't get the, the virus. And even if they do, it will be the sniffles. I have friends that it's happened to. I may have had it myself. I haven't been tested. And it's passed. But what happens is... If you get infected, you can carry it and, and, and infect someone else that may not be as lucky. And that's the point. That's right. what they're not getting. It's not about right. them. It's about the other people. Thank you. It's about your mother. It's about your grandmother. It's about your uncle. It's about, that, you know, so. Last, and week, la last week, we talked about my friend that said, I'll do, I'll take care of myself. You take care of yourself. No, it does not work that way, ladies and gentlemen. I have to take care of you. I have to be responsible. I, ha I, I can't operate under the delusion that uh, I wouldn't spread something, right? So, Like I said last week, it all, it all comes down to, to bowling. You're a smart dude, Greg. I, I really have to admit, you know, you're a pain in the ass, but you're, you're a pretty smart guy. Well, thank you, Carl. And you're a smart dude yeah, also. I'm just, uh, I just say uh, a lot of words and, and it's like, you know. Far be it from me to say you're a pain in the ass, Carl. It's like, it's like they say if like you give if you give a monkey enough time and a keyboard he'll he'll, he'll type out war and peace you know if you just let, if you just let him keep like, just banging on the keyboard I'm on, something cool I'm on chapter something, two something will come out right so, <laughs> I don't know so do you guys want to end on a fun fact the last train to Clarksville was not about Clarksville Tennessee what was it about they actually were just trying to come up with like something that sounded good and saying saying good yeah saying good but apparently there was a little town in northern arizona that they used to go to in the summer on their way to oak creek canyon called clarksdale and then when they were throwing names out clarksdale didn't sound as good as clarksville and they didn't even know that clarksville was uh right outside an army an army outpost I don't want to go into it too deeply because I, I think it's inappropriate, but um, I spent two full days with one of the, the boy, monkeys. the boys and heart team that right. wrote, wrote the song. And uh, a bunch of it was, guys. it was two of the most surreal days I've spent uh, in my career or in my life. Bad or good? Um, I think kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something funny. I have a friend. I, I don't want to. Yeah, let's not diss boys. Who cares? He had a. Uh, he had a. Uh, he, he had a psychotic episode based on cleaning products that the person in the bar used, and that's just the beginning. But I had a friend who tells this story about like, and, and he's a really good storyteller. I'm, I'm not as good, really near as good. And he goes, and he's drinking, right? And he goes, um. I'm sitting home one night and my friend Jimmy is drunk. It's like four in the morning. He gives me a call and I go, and I answer the phone. He goes, this is like back in the nineties. And he goes, Hey Bill. He goes, who do you want Jimmy? He goes, guess where I am. He goes, what? I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he said. He goes, <laughs> he was just drunk going, I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> That that's become a destination. Actually, I the, see the I power, see a lot of people well, with the their pictures so, taken. The power of song, man. Right. Exactly. You know, it's still. I think I have to. I think it's even in 
you know, again, getting back to this is supposed to be about music to some degree. I think it's the most powerful thing in the world, more than any other art form. E- even with campaigns, they use songs, music. Music is is just the most powerful thing, you know. And uh, that's what I love about it, you know, because it's still a good piece of music. Still moves me more than almost anything. Yeah, I yeah. think I think one of my most vivid memories, I mean, just to bring it kind of full circle to talking about the Kennedy assassination, one of my most vivid memories is there was, a, and I don't know the particulars on this, we can research it and put it in the notes, but there was a DJ that uh, made a record so back in the day. Uh-oh, uh-oh, where were you? No, we're not ready. Back in the day, uh, DJs would sometimes loop songs together or take news stories and create narration under a backing track and they'd make these little dj records and there was one called abraham martin and john i love that song that's uh, dion man uh no 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 this this was i think this this record anybody here yeah but it had uh he had interspersed great speeches from oh yeah yeah, yeah. like a little mashup kind of yeah exactly and i can remember most vividly uh laying in my bed in my bedroom and listening to that song through these little mid-century some some houses had intercom systems back in the 60s right right, and and they would play music yeah they would play music and stuff and, and and it was just like really uh, formative for me to hear that song and you know get the gun ready for all this all this weird uh, newsreel audio over the top of um, uh, this track. Very strange, very strange. But music has power. There's no question. Well, why don't we end with a powerful song? Ain't ever going back, Ain't baby. ever going back. Alyssa's last single that we'll be featuring tonight. Well, we'll talk us out, and then we'll uh, play with Alyssa will play us out. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy- yeah, yeah. Be thankful, I guess, you know. Right. <laughs> happy guess. thanks everyone. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We but, are- but really be you know, don't be thankful unless you're thankful. Don't don't be phony thankful, like thank God you're need- you know, that's that's baloney. If you got something to really be thankful about, be thankful, but then but don't be a phony, please. I mean, we are thankful for you listening all the way through this podcast. For so truly we are grateful and thankful for you if you're still listening. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For all of the links to the show notes and things that we've talked about, please go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. And this is Alyssa Trahan's last featured song, which is Ain't Ever Going Back. Me either. (laughs) Goodbye. Gobble, gobble, gobble. There's no returning to the way it was before. Engine still burning, pedal to the floor. We didn't come this far just to come this.
Now they must be dreaming.